Perkins, and welcome to this week's episode of the Stephen Perkins Podcast. I'm Stephen Perkins. This is my podcast. Happy you're joining us uh, here on the Outset Network, a place that I have the honor to be the editor-in-chief of, along with our amazing staff and contributors. Uh, This week's episode is a bit different from what we've been doing. I don't have a guest this week. We will be returning uh, in, in the next couple of weeks with some more guests, but I want to speak just, we haven't had a chance to catch up, and so I want to talk about a couple of things that have been happening in the news, some things that have been happening on the network, and just some thoughts that I have. And really, this is uh, unscripted. I, I don't uh, I don't have a hard outline, uh, and so we'll, we'll kind of, we'll see where it goes. So hang in there. First of all, uh, thank you for your listening to the show, whether you've been listening to the, uh, to the past interviews or um, or, you know, whether you enjoy these types of just, just me, um, I, I don't know if that many people do, but perhaps the, uh, the interviews are more entertaining, but, uh, but nonetheless, thank you for listening. Um, I, I do want to give a, a couple of updates because things have been really transforming here at the Outset Network and, uh, I've been having a lot of, uh, meetings about the future and, and our fall, uh, schedule and beyond that of just what we're trying to accomplish here. Um, and more likely than not, if, if you are someone who listens to our shows or reads our content at outsetmagazine.com um, or follows us anywhere on social media, you understand that, hopefully you understand, if we're doing our job correctly, you understand uh, that we, we are a purpose-driven organization. Um, we're not uh, a, a blog that uh, just comments on the news and current events and current issues. Uh, we really have a focus on both a, a, a kind of a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is we want to inspire young people to get become politically involved and engaged and informed. Um, that's where a lot of our content comes into play. We try our hardest here to offer uh, an, an honest and rational level-headed approach while at the same time being very clear uh, that we are offering a right-of-center perspective. Um, and so that that's number one. Uh, the second thing that we try to do is we try to empower uh, the contributors that we have on our network to become really thought leaders and just leaders in general on the right, especially uh, among the young conservative movement, if that's what you're comfortable calling it. And, and, and what that means is that not only are we always looking for, for new people to join our network, and if you want to, I invite you to go to outsetmagazine.com forward slash join. Uh, but on top of that, we really... Um, uh, as, as we've been making some some changes and some plans within the network, uh, of which I, I wish I could talk about them all right now, but as we've been making these plans, it's really been the focus of how do we uh, how do we foster this community of people who learn together, who work together, who are as purpose driven as our organization is. How do we multiply the influence that we have as a collective? and really hopefully uh, change things in this country, in this world, uh, for the better. And so that's that's the second part. And I think the third part is that we are 
advocates for a message and an idea that is much larger than ourselves. Uh, we, on our about page, on all of our um, informational sections of social media and whatnot, we make it very clear. We believe in the ideas that make America exceptional. Now, that is vague by some accounts. Um, but I, I think the most important part is we do believe that America is exceptional. Uh, we, we don't believe that that as Americans, we're better than everyone else. We don't believe that um, that our culture is necessarily better than everyone else's. But we do believe that America was founded during an exceptional time in a way that was in and of itself exceptional with an exceptional premise that all men are created equal, that government is for and by the people. And we believe that uh, there are certain ideas that are uniquely American that need to be advocated for, need to be uh, promoted, and in many cases are not being promoted nowadays. And now I sound old. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we, in, we, we intentionally, I think, made that to be kind of a, a pick-your-own-adventure type of piece. Because what, 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 what makes America exceptional is kind of different for each person. Uh, each of us come to that conclusion based on our own upbringing and our own beliefs. But nonetheless, uh, that is our core belief and everything stems from that. So why am I saying all this? Basically, I'm just, I'm giving an update because I don't get to speak with you as often. And, and as the editor-in-chief, I feel as if um, perhaps we haven't spoken about kind of the, the larger mission uh, here in a while. And, and I, I just want to make that clear. And as we, as we do these interviews with people, by the way, um, I, I want you to understand that I'm interviewing people because of how they fit into this greater American puzzle, into this bigger picture idea that is America. Because America is an idea. It's not just a, con a country, a nation, uh, a piece of land with borders, if you will. We're really an idea. And I, I've had the chance over the past couple of weeks and even now going into these future weeks of, of interviewing people who I think are just as exceptional as America. Uh, they're doing exceptional things and um, and they in and of themselves are true leaders because they are uh, inspiring others to take up a role of leadership. And that's really, I think, what leadership is all about is uh, I, I think the, the measure of success for a leader is who they inspire to come up behind them uh, and start off where they or start where they left off. That is leadership, and, and, and really that's what uh, exceptional leaders, both from America and around the world, have in common. They've inspired another generation to come and finish the work that they started. And I think that is just, you want to talk about building a legacy. Not only is that what these people I've been interviewing are doing, they're building a legacy, but hopefully that's what we're doing here at Outset. So with that in mind, I, I want to go into a couple of things uh, that I, I've been uh, watching lately, a couple of stories that have been interesting to me. We're going to talk about Trump. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, about Comey. Uh, we're, we're not going to get too into the weeds, but, uh, but we'll, we'll highlight them certainly. But I want to start with perhaps what is the most significant story 
of our lifetime. Uh, this is uh, something that has changed the game, something that I, I don't think our lives will ever be the same after this. Um, truly, this will be go down in history as the catalyst for the start of a new era. We are on the cusp of truly making America great again. And I'll just cut right to the chase. Ladies and gentlemen, Taylor Swift is back on Spotify. And what that means is that this is, this is not only an exceptional moment in our time for art uh, and, and music specifically, but really for American culture. Uh, the, the greatest, one of the greatest singers to ever come out of this country, of this world even, is now on the greatest music streaming service. And by the way, this episode is not brought to you by Spotify. It's not sponsored in any way, but it is exceptional uh, as we talk about exceptionalism. It is more exceptional than uh, than Apple Music. So congratulations. If any of you were on Apple Music because of Taylor Swift, you can now free yourself of those chains because they are gone. Uh, and, uh, and, and Taylor Swift being on Spotify, you are now a liberated human. And, uh, and what, a glorious, what a glorious day that is. So now you have, there, there's true market competition. And, uh, and I just, as much as I, as much as I like Apple, I hope, uh, I hope their, their music streaming service is left in the dust. So she is now on Spotify. The Beatles are on Spotify. Really, name me someone who's not on Spotify. Uh, and, and I'm not even going to get into the whole, what was that? What, that, that, that music streaming service that was Jay-Z or someone title was that, I, who cares? Uh, so Spotify, uh, has with the addition of Taylor Swift, I really think that America is entering a golden age. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really words escape me to describe how significant of an event it is. But I, I, I think if, if you're as passionate about quality art and music as I am, uh, you, you kind of understand. This goes without saying. So that's the first piece of good news that I wanted to get out to you to uh, evangelize the fact that the queen of modern music is on the king of music streaming services or the queen of music streaming services. I don't mean to gender music streaming services. You know, I'm not that type of person. Uh, but what I do want to, what I, switching gears a little bit, uh, now what I want to get into, now that we know the good news, we can get into some of the more unfortunate or dirty stuff. So by now we know that, uh, that James Comey uh, had to skip a dinner with his wife. Uh, in order to attend the dinner with Trump, in which he asked for loyalty. Um, I think Trump is all of us, like in, in 21st century dating, Trump kind of represents uh, a millennial dating nowadays. They're like, mm, how are we? Are you loyal? I need loyalty. <laughs> I need you to pledge loyalty. I'm not saying that I, you know, that that comes from uh, a personal experience, and, and I personally relate to that. But anyways, so the James Comey hearing, I, I think, was incredibly significant. Um, and and I'll, I'll get to in a moment what I believe it, it, it sort of signifies about now our current political climate. But uh, we found out a, a couple of, of things that, um, that I thought were particularly interesting. So first of all, Comey claimed and uh, and, and just to, to set this framework, Comey uh, it w testified under oath. Uh, he has a long history as 
someone in the legal profession, a prosecutor, um, an investigator, former FBI director, all these all these great uh, accolades. Um, Trump has yet to testify under oath. However, he says that he is willing. So we will see what has to come out of that. But what came out of the Comey hearing specifically, uh, a couple of major points, is that uh, he said that when Trump uh, claimed that he called, uh, that, that Comey initiated calls to Trump, that that was false, that Comey never initiated uh, calls to Trump. He, he said that uh, Trump uh, did not necessarily order him to drop the Flynn investigation or, or, or to, to drop the looking into that, but nonetheless made it fairly clear that uh, he hoped, that was the direct quote, he hoped that he could let it go, that Comey could let it go. And we also learned something that I think has been making a lot of headlines recently, that Comey, for the first time in his in his time as, uh, as working for presidents or meeting with presidents, his meeting with Donald Trump after that happened, after he was asked that he or said after it was said that he hopes he could drop the Flynn investigation, uh, Comey gets back into his car to go back to his office and he starts making detailed notes of that meeting because he knew uh, that he wanted that to be somewhat on record. He wrote it in a way, as he said in, in the in his hearing, that was uh, that would remain unclassified um, and. On top of that, he brought that memo that he wrote about that meeting with him after he left office. So he left behind all the classified information, but he brought that unclassified memo with him and eventually leaked it, gave it to a friend of his to leak because he thought, he believed that that President Trump was the type of person to lie about the meetings they had. And according to his testimony, President Trump did indeed lie about certain specifics. And so now you have an FBI director, a former FBI director, who is the leaker of information. You usually don't have the director be the one who leaks information to the media. And he did it through a third party. Um, or certainly if the director did, they never admit to it. Comey, of course, admitted to it um, in front of Congress. So why is this significant? Well, I, I think that um, there's certainly an argument to be made on both sides that, that you know, on, on one side, Comey is to be trusted. He's a uh, he has um, a a reputable career uh, and, uh, and and a fairly good reputation. Um, so he's to be trusted when he says all these things. And then the other side, which I, I also completely get, is that he's a political grandstander and that uh, he is trying to uh, get his 15 minutes of fame. We should. Uh, also recognize the fact that he's been offered a $10 million book deal. I don't know if he's taken it. I, I don't know if that uh, is going forward. But nonetheless, that's what he was offered. And so a lot of people are concerned with the timing uh, of all of this. He says that if Trump had not fired him, um, of which he believed Trump had the right to fire him, he believes that the president has a uh, the right to fire an FBI director for anything or nothing at all. Uh, but he said that if Trump had not fired him, he would still be the director today. Uh, he still had a couple of years left in his term and he would not have uh, left earlier. Uh, so, you know, I, I think there's a whole thing to, to take him at his word um, or not. But I tend to fall on the side that he's to be, for the most part, trusted. I do think that it's um, it's rather 
not suspicious, but interesting of the timing of all of this. I, I think that his, his hearing was um, was interesting from a number of, of angles, but I, I don't really see him as someone who, who shouldn't be taken seriously. And I think that his testimony was, was truthful and honest. Um, however, I think that during his time in the FBI, perhaps there was not as much consistency as there could have been. Uh, and, you know, $10 million book deals, I'm all about. I'm all about your job opportunities, but maybe that's a little shady as well. But now I want to get to what what is this underline about politics and the culture that is that that seems to be seeping out of DC into the rest of the country. Uh, and that is that there there is, in my view, a very clear um, lack of leadership in the age of Donald Trump. But that is not to say that he is the one who's created that problem. And I've spoken about leadership a couple of times. I've spoken about uh, the, the different aspects that go into that and how I think we ended up with someone like Donald Trump. And real briefly, I'll say that um, it, it seems to me now that the culture has become one in which compromise is a dirty word. Obviously, we've known that for, you know, close to 10 years now or so. It's been amplified over the past uh, few years, but nonetheless, uh, we've known that. Um, we're in a culture where, and perhaps, I mean, this part has probably always been that way, uh, where it's, it's party over country. Uh, no matter how often uh, the politicians <laughs> will say that they're, they're acting in the interests of the country over their party, I, I find it hard to believe, as I think most people do. And then on top of that, I think the destabilization of our government, or rather, the dependency on the stabilized nature of our government, is concerning. Caleb Franz in his podcast has spoken about this before, um, and really, it, it is quite a libertarian position. Um, and that is when you become so dependent on the federal government, more specifically the executive branch, then you are you have purposefully put yourself into a position where you are now very vulnerable, and um, the actions of most of the time one human, the president of the United States, can cause stress can cause instability, as we've seen. Uh, my new favorite report out is that people have increased or have reported an, an, an increase in stress eating because of Donald Trump, which I, I think is a wonderful way to, uh, you know, perhaps blame your problems on on the president, you know. I mean, granted, I, I stress ate peppermint patties during the, the Republican presidential debates, but that, I mean, that, I took full responsibility. I shouldn't have bought them. But the fact is, is that we've become so dependent on the president or on the executive branch or on the government, federal government in general, that any change becomes this huge deal and becomes a huge, we have to adjust in a huge way to whatever change happened at that level. 
And that puts us in a very dangerous position because if your whole concept of stability stems from the actions of one person or one branch or even the topmost government entity, I think that's a big problem because, you know, you'll be fine when someone you agree with is in power, but when someone you don't agree with is in power, oh no, things are suddenly a disaster. And we've seen that, right? We've seen that under the Obama administration and, and not just under the Obama administration. I'll, I'll preface that by saying, but let's let's work our way back. Under the Obama administration, we had an unprecedented level of growth and influence of the executive branch. And really all the way back towards, I don't know, FDR, perhaps before then, Lincoln. You can go as far back as, as you're comfortable going. But we've had this steady incline, even when we've had these, quote, conservative, quote, small government presidents, we've still seen an increase in the influence and power of the executive branch in the office of the president. And Republicans love when big government is a thing as long as they're in power. Democrats love big government as long as they're in power. But whenever that table flips, it suddenly becomes an issue. It suddenly becomes a catastrophe. We're now in a constitutional crisis. The president needs to be impeached. Everybody in the cabinet needs to be replaced. We need President Bernie Sanders, even though it was mathematically and logistically impossible for him to ever win. You know, you go, Twitter's a fun place for all these theories. But the fact is, is that we, we have become so insane recently. If you paid any attention to the news, and I, I, I don't even have, I don't have cable, so I'm not watching cable news, but just going on Twitter, God, God bless that website for being free. Um, it, it would seem to you, to anyone paying attention, that it's the end of the world. And I think perhaps we should ask ourselves, how do we go away? How do we get away from that culture where we are so dependent on the top and where we ourselves feel helpless? And how do we move towards something where we have a return to the individual? Where we have a return to most of the decisions being made at the state and local level. Now, the good news here, because I'm, I'm not all of a Debbie Downer, the good news is that there has been an increase of federalism over the past decade. States are increasingly becoming responsible for more and more decisions that affect them and local governments all the same. Uh, however, I think we could go further. And you could go crazy with this. I, you know, I, I, I'm not someone who uh, would recommend we abolish the Department of Education or um, or the IRS or things like that. I, I, I think what I've, I don't know, I, I think what I've, what I've been clear about on, on this program before uh, and in my writing and, and all that is that uh, I, there's certainly a role for the federal government, but I don't think our, our founders intended the role that it has right now being so large and so all-encompassing to be uh, I don't think that was their idea. 
So now how do we go to this culture where we start to decentralize these factors and truly return to dependency on our local and state leaders and even get this ourselves? Because at the end of the, at the end of the day, if you really want to change the culture of leadership that's coming through our politics now. You have to start with yourself. I said a few episodes back that really, if, if you're fired up about something, you need to run for office. But even if that's not in the cards for you, and that's totally fine, I'm not saying everyone should run for office, that it's even right for everybody. But so, so even if that's not you, I, I think there should be a discussion you have with yourself of, Am I being the leader that I need to be? Am I taking care of the things that I can control before I freak out about the things I can't control? Because I, I think we have a tendency to freak out about the things, first and foremost, that we cannot control, right? We stress eat because the president does not agree with us politically. We claim constitutional crisis because... The party in which, the party with which we disagree with, is in power, and and they're doing things that uh, were the precedent for which was set by, you know, the leaders, the former leaders that we did agree with. What an interesting place we've come to. And so perhaps there is an opportunity for us as individuals in our own home before we go out anywhere else to take that ownership and take that leadership and really start to change the things that we can control rather than freak out about the things we can't. And here's my recommendation because I've done this and it really makes a great difference. And, and I, <laughs> I was about to say something, but I don't even agree with myself on that. Scale back on your social media consumption. Turn off the cable news. Radical ideas, I'm aware. But nonetheless, I think you'll find that you rest a little easier. And I think you'll find, and, and this isn't one of those cases of just sticking your, ear, your, your, your fingers in your ears and, and pretending like nothing's happening. There are certainly things happening. You need to stay informed. But you need to find ways to do that that is not full of sensationalism, dramatization, and does not contain just the opinions of people who want to make a brand because there's a crisis going on and goodness never waste a good personal branding opportunity. If I, 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 I will tell you, if, 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 I want, if I wanted to be more successful, uh, if anyone at the Outset Network wanted to be more successful, uh, we would sensationalize everything that's going on. We would be so dramatic about everything that's going on. We would make grand claims. We would deal in negativity. We would divide people. We would call the, the people we disagree with evil and fascist and, and all these, these words. That if, if we wanted to be more successful, if we wanted to increase traffic, that is absolutely what we would do. 
I mean, overnight, that would make us successful. But I, I really just think that at the end of the day, that's not who we can be. That's not who we are. Uh, that's not what we need right now. I, that's not what the country needs. That's not what, uh, what our, our audience needs. That's, it's antithetical to this notion of the ideas that make America exceptional. Because what makes America exceptional at least what used to is that we've always been a place where discourse is open, it's encouraged, and maybe, just maybe, we learn a thing or two from each other. Perhaps, again, crazy idea, perhaps there are things that we could be doing better personally. Perhaps we could be engaging with each other in a more constructive, positive way. Not being the, uh, the idealists who believe that everything's okay and everything's perfect and nothing wrong is going on. And if you can't see it, it's not happening. But staring directly into the eyes of the evil that we face and saying... We have the option to divide and we have the option to mischaracterize each other and be dramatic. And trust me, I'm good at being dramatic. That's like my natural inclination. So we could do it and we'd live our lives much easier than this alternative that I'm proposing. But maybe there's another way. So, take that what you will. Um, thank you for listening to this uh, to this kind of uh, random assortment of, of thoughts. But I, I just want a chance to kind of speak to you on a on a more personal uh, tone because we've been doing these interviews these past weeks, and I, I've really been loving it. We've been talking to some great people, and I, I I really hope that you've been learning from these people and that you've been inspired by these people. And um, and honestly, I hope to one of you listening. I hope to interview one of you one day. Um, but nonetheless, I, I want to have this moment to just, these, this is what's been on my mind. Um, so just some raw thoughts for you. Uh, and, uh, whether you made it, if, if you made it this far, congratulations. Thank you. Um, if you didn't, that's okay. Uh, but nonetheless, thank you for listening to this week's episode. I do want to encourage you just to check out our other podcast. So as you know, the past couple of weeks, I've been guest hosting Young Guns. We are starting that show back up this summer and we are actually next week, depending on when you're listening. If you're listening this week, then it will be next week. If you're listening at a later time, maybe it's already happened. Next week, we will be announcing the new regular host of Young Guns, the person who will be spearheading this show into the future making it truly a great variety show where we have lively discussions and debates and uh, and, uh, and and civil arguments between uh, people both from the outset network and outside of it. Um, in addition, please make sure to check out Caleb Franz's show um, and then uh, and then my show here will be back in a few weeks. Go ahead and listen. Uh, Cerbic Review is on a summer break, but go back and listen to those episodes. Really enjoy the work that Holmes is doing there. 
And other than that, we're also now on Paragon Talk. So if you want to uh, to hear us, as well as the programs that they have, a few outs at people are doing shows for Paragon, go over to Paragon Talk. Um, and other than that, you can find me at Stephen underscore Perkins on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find the Outset Network at Outset Network on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And until we speak again next week, thanks so much for listening. God bless. Take care. Mm-hmm.